Thank you so much, Rabbi Yudin. Good evening, everyone. You know, I think whoever arranged this evening is really brilliant. It reminds me of a story of a uh, person who uh, wrote a commentary on Torah. And he came to one of the Gedolim, I don't remember who it was, for an approval for an endorsement, a haskoma. And so the, uh, the Godel took the Sefer and uh, started looking through the pages. Oh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And the author is sitting there, you know, glowing with pride. And he said, oh, how wonderful. What a wonderful concept. What a wonderful idea. And then uh, after a while he said, well, thank you, Rabbi, and... Uh, you write me the approval, the haskoma. He says, no way. He said, but you said it was so brilliant. Of course it says. What you did was you wrote the chumash on top and your commentary on the bottom. Right? And because you have the chumash on top, that makes it a sefer kodosh, so you can't throw it in the garbage. Right? So he says, that's absolutely brilliant uh, that you did that. Because the commentary that you wrote is totally worthless. I think that whoever arranged that Rabbi Willig should speak first, right, was brilliant, right? Because a number of years ago, the Bnei Brith in Pittsburgh organized a session about middle age and beyond and uh, it was geared toward people between 30 and 50 and it was very heavily advertised for all the Jewish media and they arranged for a hall that could hold over 200 people and they expected there would be standing room only 20 people showed up Why? Nobody wanted to hear the subject. You know, when we're younger, we don't want to hear about growing older. We don't want to hear that there are going to be problems. So, we deny them, and unfortunately, if we deny them, we don't prepare for them. So, uh, I think it was wonderful that... The, attracted you to come listen to Rabbi Willie and once you're here you listen to me as well right. uh, we are living in an age that is totally totally different for people of every uh, age uh, youth today adolescents young people uh, totally different than the world that I grew up in if only for the fact that uh, when I was a kid in the 1930s, uh, the average life expectancy in the United States was under 50. Right? And now, Baruch Hashem, it's 80 and increasing. And it's wonderful. But there are problems. Yeah? 
And I just want to touch on a few of them. And what I would encourage you is don't run away from the subject. Whether you're 20 or 30 or 40 or 60 or 80, don't run away from the subject because it is important. First of all, I do want to make a case for awareness of depression. So many people, when they reach middle age, become depressed. And we have a natural feeling to, oh, why am I depressed? And we start looking for reasons. I got to realize that that isn't always true. I'm going to give you a very simple thing. Yes, a person can be depressed because of certain things happening in one's life that are not pleasant and the stresses and disappointments. But it's also possible to be depressed when nothing has caused it. I'll give you a very simple example of what happened to me. I was, at that time, maybe 32, 33. And uh, I was already in psychiatry and I was treating patients and I knew what the symptoms of depression were. And then I realized I'm becoming depressed. And I recognize these symptoms in myself. Well, I was in training at that time. And the first logical thing I thought was, well, I'll go and ask one of my professors for some help with this depression. But then I was afraid, hmm, they'll kick me out of the program. So I decided I would fight it out myself. But I couldn't. It got worse from day to day. Until I finally had to say, look, I've got to get some help for this. And so I went to one of my professors and I said, look, I've been very severely depressed for the past several weeks. So he said to me, Dr. Tversky, are you taking any medications? I said, just something over the counter for hay fever. He says, what is it? I said, it's a decongestant for hay fever. He says, why don't you stop it first and see what happens? So I stopped it. Within 10 days, I told you my depression was completely gone. And later on, I found an article that people who may be sensitive and have to this side effect can get depressed from taking a hay fever tablet. Now normally if you think, what am I depressed because of what? I have the same job, the same mortgage, the same wife, the same in-laws, nothing had changed. Only something was in my body chemistry and it made me depressed. There was nothing wrong with my life. And I think we ought to recognize that if you feel out of sorts, if you feel depressed, don't conclude it's your husband, it's your wife, it's your in-laws, it's your children, it's whatever. Get an evaluation. And especially when we hit middle age. I mean, it's common knowledge that when women reach middle age that there's a significant change. In, right? And so the women are aware of menopause. Right? But men also go through middle ages and there's also chemical changes. Right? Don't immediately start looking for reasons on which to blame it. Get yourself evaluated. Now, 
One of the problems, of course, as, well, as Rabbi Willing pointed out, is we are a uh, nation, uh, culture that values youth, young people. And that makes it sometimes more difficult for people who are middle-aged because, if for, for instance, if they lose their job and they have to go apply for another job, uh, at age 52, you're competing with people who are 24, 25. And you know very well that the preference may be given to a younger person for many reasons. Right? He's going to be with the company longer. Right? He's not, likely to, uh, like, not as likely to have health problems that will raise the problem of uh, medical care and medical insurance. So, looking for a job at 52, uh, you might feel the odds are against you. Uh, that didn't happen before. This whole youth orientation came about probably in the 1960s. I remember the 1960s, you were told, don't talk to anybody over 35 because they don't know anything. I think that's something that we have to begin to learn, begin to become aware of the value of getting older. Back in 1952, I think, there was, uh, I lived in Milwaukee then, and the Milwaukee Braves baseball team had a right fielder, Andy Pasco. Andy Pasco was 44 years old. And in baseball, that's over the hill. Right? And he was playing right field, and the batter hit the ball, and it was certain to be a home run. And Andy Pasco jumped up and grabbed it. And the announcer went crazy. He says, can you imagine that? A man of 44 being able to jump like that and catch the ball. So the assistant announcer said, now, maybe a younger person could have jumped higher, but Andy Pathko had the experience to know how to position himself and how to jump. And that knowledge came from years, from years of experience. So yes, there's an advantage to youth, but don't sell our, we should not sell ourselves short that there's an enormous advantage as we grow older. Maybe that's self-serving because, you know, I'm at the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Incidentally, my nephew told me a pshat, which I think is so very true. He said, we pray, So he says, what that means is, we're asking Hashem, don't throw me into old age. Get, let me have it gradually. Right? Not suddenly. Don't cast me into it. So, Baruch Hashem, I'm reached over the, in the Gevuras. Baruch Hashem passed 80, heading to 120. Uh, and uh, I'm getting there gradually. But I'm getting there. Right? And there's things that, are not, that can't be denied. Right? I mean, I have to be careful how I walk up steps. I certainly have to be careful how I walk in the, on a snowy weather. Okay. So, now there are some disadvantages. But the advantages, the advantages are, are great. Not only because we're senior citizens. 
and get some Burka senior citizens. Right? Like Andy Pafko, right? There's ideas and knowledge that can come only from uh, experience. But I want to touch another point that we have to pay attention to. And that's totally a product that has not, uh, that is recent, vintage, and uh, very little has, attention has been given to it. As I said before, the medicine and the science has extended the human life, which is wonderful. Unfortunately, some aspects of science have not kept up with it because the possibility of Alzheimer's is still a dreaded feeling. And it's there. All we do is we can do whatever they tell us to do to try and prevent it, to exercise proper nutrition. But you see, what's happened is that today, people who are in their 40s and 50s may have parents, or Baruch Hashem, in their 80s. And parents in their 80s sometimes are frail and may need the help of their children. This is understandable. But, these people in the 40s and 50s, they have children of their own. And they have adolescents that they had to care for. You see, 50 years ago that problem didn't exist. People didn't, did not reach the old age where the children had to care for them. I mean, some did, but, but today, Baruch Hashem, so many more people are reaching the 80s and 90s. And they may need some help from their children, more or less. Uh, and uh, they are pulled in both directions. So I get a question from a woman who has a daughter who lives uh, about 800 miles away from here. This uh, woman has an elderly mother. The mother is in her 80s and living in her own home, which is as best as possible. Uh, and, uh, but she, the daughter has to go every morning to make sure that there's adequate food in the refrigerator, to set out her medications for the day. And then she stops in the evening to see that everything is okay. And given that, the mother can continue to live in her own home and does not have to go into any kind of assisted living situation. But then, there's a muscle tub in the family because her daughter lives 800 miles away had a baby, and several weeks after the baby was born, she went into a postpartum depression, which is not an uncommon condition, that a woman can become severely depressed after having a baby, and she needed her mother. But her mother was taking care of her mother. That's why we call it the sandwich generation. Right? The sandwich then between 
people who need help because they're the elderly parents and children who may need help. That's the problem that not, did not occur until the past several decades when the life period began to be, was extended. And so the woman called me up and she says, where's my, where's my responsibility? Right? Do I care for my mother or do I go to my daughter? And I have a principle, when I don't know answers, clearly answers to the questions, I call up a POSIC. Right? And so I called up a POSIC and he said, the prime responsibility she has is, although the M is so tremendously important, the prime responsibility that she has is to help her daughter through the postpartum depression. And she ought to arrange for local services for the elderly to provide for the care for the mother while she's taking care for the daughter. That problem did not used to exist. And yes, when we reach an age when we begin to lose some of our faculties, uh, we need help. And we may need help from our children. My wife and I kid each other that we're saying, we are an assisted living. I assist her and she assists me. Right? But sometimes, sometimes that isn't enough. And what happens in a situation where a person becomes a widow or a widower? Right? And as long as possible that they, can, that they uh, can live alone, fine. But what happens when they, don't, when they need more help than that? Right? And we want by all possible means to stay away from institutions. Institutions are really a last recourse. So the question is, can they move in with their children? Right? Uh, that's an important decision, and it's not, not an easy decision to make. Right? Because the children have adolescent children who are 13, 14, 15, 16. Right? And the grandfather, grandmother may not be comfortable with the kid's lifestyle. And they not like to hear the radio at blast. So, if the elderly parent moves in with the kids, right, creates new problems. They're solvable, hopefully, but they need to be addressed. And of course, the issue of Kibbutzav is of enormous, enormous importance. Uh, situation came up where an elderly woman became very dependent on her daughter doing everything for her. Right? And she would stay in bed and expect the daughter to do everything for her. And the doctor said to the daughter, you're crippling her. By doing everything for her, right? And not encouraging him to do for, for herself, right? you're actually making him more dependent. You just make the situation worse. So what's the supposed to, daughter supposed to do? Right? She's supposed to say, I'd love to get it for you, Mom, but you better go get it yourself. Right? Are you allowed to do that? It is a question of Kibbutz then. 
And again, the Sankaloha is that if the doctor says that this is what's necessary for the mother to retain her uh, uh, mental acuity uh, and to retain her strength, and that uh, uh, giving into her, there's a gemola to, to that, and that uh, uh, giving into her actually uh, is uh, a disadvantage to her, then you have to be able to do that. So we're running into problems that we never had before. So, I must suggest that uh, we start looking ahead and prepare ourselves for the advanced age that we're going to have and Hashem will help us with physical health and mental health but even with good physical health and mental health there can be problems we look forward to retirement retirement can be great but what happens if a person's entire life was work right and so after work sorry he came home and uh, watch TV or whatever he did. But now it doesn't work anymore. So he's home all day. Isn't that wonderful? For the first three weeks it is. But then life begins to be boring. In one case where the woman says, I can't stand him following me around all day. What? They had a wonderful relationship. And I've seen people who were never alcoholic until they retired. And now because it's depressing. I mean, how much television can you watch? Baruch Hashem. People who have a feeling for learning Torah have a solution. Uh, they have a daf yomish here. They can go to other shiurim. Okay. They can spend the time you can get shiurim on, on the internet. They can put their minds to learning Torah better. And as the rabbi pointed out, as Rabbi Willie pointed out, there are one of many wonderful things that even though women do not have a mitzvah of Talmud Torah, right, that there's many things in Torah that the women should be learning. Mm-hmm. We have such a wonderful history. Why don't we know more about the history? Okay. We have such a fantastic world. Why don't we know more about it? And, you know, there's problems that have been caused by the internet that are very unpleasant, but on the other hand, there's such wonderful things available on the internet. Very interesting Rambam. The Rambam says, the two prime mitzvahs of the Torah are Yiras Hashem, the awe and reverence for Hashem, and Ahavas Hashem and the love for Hashem. And the Rambam says, now how do you get that? So listen to what the Rambam says. The Rambam says if a person will pay attention to the beauty and the intricacies and the greatness of Hashem's creation to develop a respect for Hashem they won't get any other way. An enormous admiration of the wisdom of Hashem. How? 
by seeing what Hashem created. Let me give you just a little, one little example of it. Uh, we have our eye movements are controlled. Each eye has six muscles that controls the movement of the eye. So the right eye has six muscles and the left eye has six muscles. But they have to work perfectly in coordination. These six with these six. Because if there's the slightest difference in them, you see double. Right? How many times a day do we move our eyes? Right? Thousands of times a day. Millions and billions of times during our lifetime. In my 84 years, I have never seen double. Why? Because the coordination that HaKadosh Baruch created, that these six muscles and these six muscles work in such perfect coordination, no computer could ever do that. Only Hashem could have done that. And you begin to learn the intricacies of the human body. Right? And uh, uh, the appreciation, as the Ramam says, the appreciation of creation of Hashem. If you take a look at the kinds of things in the miraculous uh, uh, animal world that Hashem created, right? and the internet gives, gives, you, gives you access to them. No, you can't go into New Zealand when you're 85. I suppose you can, but it's not that easy. Right? But you can see all the wildlife in New Zealand. You can see the different uh, plant life. And you can develop an interest in astronomy and you see the wonders of, of Hashem, the creation of the world. Right. So that's where you build Yiddus Hashem. Right. And Yiddus Hashem is as incumbent for women as it is for men. Right. So we can advance ourselves in Yiddus Hashem with Spending time learning creation of the world. There are things we can do. But I think we have to realize that if we don't do them, that we, seek, we, we run into the boredom and we run into laziness and laziness feeds on itself. So, is it easy to jump up from bed at 5.30 in the morning? No. Much easier to, to sleep in. But you'll pay a price for sleeping in. Right? And you get up in the morning and you find an interest in life. Find an interest in the, in the appreciation of Hashem. Find an interest in the wonderful principles of Musa, of, of ethics and morality that the Torah has given us. And today you can get these, you can get these in Sfogum, you can get these in, uh, uh, in uh, on the internet, you get these in uh, discs. They're all available to us, but we have to take advantage of them. And when we do so, we fulfill ourselves. We fulfill ourselves by becoming everything that we can be, as Rabbi Woodley pointed out. It's not what we do. What we do ends when you retire. 
And maybe a person can feel good about what he does, what he or she does during their active years, but that's not available after retirement. And at that point, our happiness is going to depend on what we are, not on what we do. Unfortunately, we are so occupied with what we do that as Rabbi Willie pointed out, we do not give adequate attention to what we are and to develop that. We are all capable of a spiritual life, of a uh, life of, uh, uh, of a Torah, whether it's for men or for women. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu hopefully will bless us with children and grandchildren. And if you're fortunate enough to be a grandfather or a grandmother, right, take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Not only to babysit for the kids when it's possible, right, but to realize that if you only see sometimes, particularly after the Holocaust, people who grew up without a grandparent, right, what they're missing in life. Parents have to discipline. Grandparents don't have to discipline. Grandparents are there to spoil the kids rotten. Right? And it's such a precious thing to have a grandparent. So, this is one of the perks of being older. And the Hakimish gives you the good fortune to be a great grandparent, that's even better yet. Right? So, there are perks and we can find happiness as we grow older right? but we have to pay attention to it because it's not going to come down in a package for us we have to look for it we have to study it and we have to get guidance and there are people who, are, who will offer guidance as to how to adjust to the later life now, sometimes problems occur that really need special attention. Right? And so we have to, have to, to turn to, to the specialist for them. But, please, uh, don't forget, uh, the worst thing in the world, I think it is, is depression. Right? And unfortunately, it's so common now, and people, some people don't deal with it adequately, because they're afraid to go to psychiatrists as though it's a shanda to go to psychiatrists and get help. We've got to get over that. We've got to get over that. Right. The worst shanda is to suffer needlessly. Right. And when there are problems and problems can be resolved, it's the greatest mitzvah in the world to achieve happiness. Right. Everything in the Torah points to simcha, being one of the greatest mitzvahs. Now, not all of life's circumstances give you simcha. Right? But we have to find simcha wherever we can. Because the Torah, uh, uh, the worst punishments of the world that are in the Torah, are because we did not appreciate what Hashem has given us with simcha. Right? So, we have to look for joy, find a way to increase our uh, our, our joy because we are uh, serving as models for our children uh, if we will if we can be simcha we can convey that simcha to our children and grandchildren time's up thank you for listening